66th ever episode of the West Coast Preps podcast. I am Chris Jackson, joined here by Gregory Morlantoon. It was a very, very busy weekend out here in the Bay Area. I know Greg and I drove a lot of miles, went to a lot of games this weekend. I guess the important question is, Greg, how'd you sleep last night? I slept good. The more important question is, how did your picks do last week? Um, the more important question is who's winning the overall tally this year. You I had a rough record. week one. I had a rough. You week had one. a terrible week one. You were two and, and three was, in week one. There was some rust I had to knock off. All right, you know, I we're back five and two this week for me. So now it's uh, eight and four you, seven and five me, and coming back after a terrible week one. I mean, you should have just obliterated me after that week one. It was only six weeks this year, and you you missed your opportunity because now it's game over. Now it's game over. You're talking a lot of trash for losing. It's game over for losing. I went five and two last week. So then what were your correct picks? Tell the audience what you picked right. And the biggest one I picked correctly was Livermore. That was the biggest one. Yeah, I, no, I, know, I know Sean Smith mentioned that to me after yeah. the game. So yeah, I'm not sure. We live in Livermore. I'm not sure why you would go against Livermore. Why would you do that? Anyways, hey. my other correct pick that you also picked incorrectly was Akalani's. You picked Los Lomas that week. It was a good game, so you know I'm not gonna not gonna give you any uh, not gonna talk down to you on that one. Uh, I picked Pittsburgh, and then I picked SRV, and I picked Menlo Atherton. Those were my five wins this week. Yeah, well, easy picks. Easy picks. You got two of them wrong. Yes, I did. I did get two wrong, but I got Sarah correct. You were like Valley Christian as Valley Christian out all week. Sarah won that game. Yeah, I, I was. I was, and I thought Valley Christian. Could have won that game. I wasn't there, so I'm not going to talk about the game too much. You can talk about it. Maybe Valley Christian had a chance at the end, but I'm not sure. Maybe it, there's some bad officiating. I don't know. I wasn't the, at the game. The, different, the difference was turnovers in that game. Valley Christian, three turnovers, led to 13 points for Sarah. Sarah, of course, wins by seven. You look at the difference. Points off turnovers, right? That's what that Sarah senior tight end going to Louisville next year, Christian Pedersen, told me after the game. Usually the team that turns over the ball most isn't going to win. What happened? Very true. Clayton Valley could have said the same thing, but they turned it over three times and eventually ended up winning that game 20-16. So it doesn't always work that way, but you're right. Sarah Sarah won that game. I got it wrong. Sarah's good. Sarah's loaded. That Both of those was, teams are good. Yeah, Sarah looked unbelievable in a lot of ways. I mean, it was after that first turnover right away, Dominic Lampkin, the Hassan Mahassan for just a 21-22 yard touchdown there right away. He saw that firepower of Mahas. We'll get into that game in a little bit, but Greg, just let's recap some of your games you were at this weekend. You went to three, you went to one on Friday night at Menlo Atherton, then you were at Panola Valley, and then Clayton Valley Charter on Saturday. So just take me through some of these games. Yeah, I'll go through the first one. Uh, Menlo Atherton versus Half Moon Bay. First thing, Half Moon Bay, Tristan Hoffman is an absolute beast. I didn't see him come off the field at all throughout the whole game. The dude is an absolute beast. Um, had three touchdowns in the second half alone, um, well over 100 yards total. He had an amazing game for that one. But then MA, they look amazing. They moved up in our rankings this week, so go check that out. That came out, came out yesterday as they did move up in their rankings. But Matt McLeod, Jalen Moss, Jeremiah Irby, who we've seen that played defensive back all offseason long, Played an amazing game at wide receiver. Was in a crazy one-handed catch in the second half. MA looks really good right now, and that offense looks special. Yes, it does. And you mentioned some of those performers. Matt McLeod, 315 passing yards, four touchdowns, and just over two quarters of action. 
Jeremiah Irby, star defensive back. We saw him at showcases all offseason, right? Lockdown, physical, tall, lanky, got everything you want. But should also go back to that podcast we had with Eric Washington Jr. back in October. He said mm-hmm. Jeremiah's an even better receiver. Yep. Showed it the first game of his junior year, 105 receiving yards, touchdown and two catches. You had Johnny Barbie with 80 yards and a score on three catches. Then you had Jalen Moss, who's got some power five offers, had the three passes, caught for 69 yards in two touchdowns. Yeah, every single one of the guys played great. One thing I will say about MA, they should probably start drinking some more water because they had about five or six guys go out with cramps. That you know, they didn't need them at the end of the day, but they should probably I mean, drink a little bit yeah, more. If water. you think about it though too, there are a lot of goofy kids. They all train with Eric Washington Junior. So just goofy your kids, right? Speaking of you know, we'll just give a shout out to Mr. Coach Eric Washington Junior. Um coming to the showcase, the KO Bros showcase yesterday in purple, or I should say on Sunday in purple. A little different than uh, the previous showcases we've seen on that, but still swaggy. Good swaggy. luck. Good luck. And his, his son was swagged out, too, at the blue. <clears throat> of course. Yeah. You know, blue and orange, that's always East colors. Yeah. Swaggy. Nice. But anyways, MA, and it's kind of scary to think how good this team could have been if we played a normal season and Troy Franklin would have been with this team, the five-star that's going to Oregon now. So kind of um, – kind of crazy to think about how good this offense could have been with him but because it's already an amazing offense and Matt McLeod really balled out as you said 315 yards and four touchdowns but then going into Saturday afternoon's action Panola and St. Mary's it was a game that started off with the offenses going back and forth for the first few possessions 7-6 early in the first quarter and then both defenses really showed up after that for the rest of the first half ball didn't really move a whole lot defenses were coming up with big defensive stands and then the second half Pinole Valley made some adjustments coming out of the second half they put up 21 points or sorry 17 points I should say in the second half to win that game 24 to 12 but another good game for Pinole Valley as they had some big guys Tony Freeman and a great athlete number two running back wide receiver had a great game, one of the stars of that game, and then probably one of the games of the week. We go to California High School versus Clayton Valley, the Ugly Eagles. What a game it was. It started off early, Clayton Valley taking an early lead. You thought, okay, Clayton Valley, the number five team at that point, uh, was just going to kind of run away with this game. They looked dominant. The defense came out and looked dominant. But then all of a sudden, Cal's defense forcing three turnovers, three interceptions in that game for Cal's defense put them up 16-7 to at halftime, and then all of a sudden Clayton Valley just gutted one out and came back to finish the comeback 20-16 to in high drama fashion. The Ugly Eagles did what? They won ugly, right? The reason why True. they're called the Ugly Eagles. True. A they win is it. a win at the end of the day. It doesn't matter how you get it done. If there's a W in that column, then it's a win. You got to give a shout out to Brendan Bush, who came in at yeah. quarterback there, really willed Clayton Valley to that win as well. They did, and Isaiah Underwood had two touchdowns in that game. I believe he had 74 yards. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but he had a big game and also the game-winning touchdown at the end of the day. Um, Dylan Seeley did not come off the field um, at all. He was a little banged up at the end of the game. You could tell that he was uh, ready to go put some ice on just about his whole body. He needed an ice bath after that game. As it was a tough game, Cal and Clayton Valley really played really hard all game. Cal had multiple goal line stands in that game as they really tried to just will them 
their way into a win in the second half. A couple missed field goals in the second half really was the difference in the game. They missed three kicks in that game, and that ended up being the difference. Special teams, right? That's yeah. how important it is. Yeah. And look what happened. Look who comes out on top just yeah. wins the special teams battle. That's what happens. You win the special teams battle, you win the turnover battle a lot of times. You're going to come out with a win. You see one one of those battles, and they did in that game. But now some of the other games we had in the Bay Area, number two, Sarah, against number four, Valley Christian. Sarah, the big road win on Friday evening, 33-26. to 26 crazy game there. Sarah takes a 33-18 to 18 lead with about a minute and a half left. Valley Christian gets the ball. Right away, Jackson Berman, Jerry on Dickey. 60-yard touchdown pass. First onside kick attempt, Son Mahasin recovers it, right? But no, there's a penalty on Sarah. Valley Christian attempts another onside kick. They recover it, but then a turnover on that final possession there. Valley Christian ends up falling in that game, and the season opener at home. Sarah, though, those athletes Sarah has Dominic Lampkin, the 15 of 23 passing, 224 yards, four touchdowns, 79 rushing yards, and 11 carries. Got the offers from Fresno State, Illinois State. Mentioned Hassan Mahasin. His offer list, it seems like it just keeps growing every day, right? And this time, every game, just every time he touched the ball, touch passes, whatever it was, he was taking it big. Seven catches for 115 yards and two touchdowns. We had the sophomore Joey via Roman. His first varsity game was a big one for Sarah. I know there's a lot of young talent in those freshman and sophomore classes. They're really happy about it. He had the four catches for 58 yards and a touchdown. Then you had Christian Patterson, that Louisville tight end signee. He had 49 receiving yards. He had a crazy tipped pass for a touchdown for 20 yards to end the first half. One of his three receptions. And then Sarah's defense forcing three turnovers, 13 points off those turnovers. To, to get that road win. And Jerry on Dickey was the star of the show for Valley Christian. 101 receiving yards. Five catches. Had a couple of touchdowns there. Had Valley Christian's first touchdown of the game. Valley Christian's last touchdown. And Jackson Berman, dual threat quarterback. You could tell he was fast. He had some big plays on the ground as well. But Sarah came out with that victory. And some other games too. I was at Sacred Heart Prep Berlin game. On Saturday afternoon, a beautiful day out there in Atherton. Oh, my goodness. You cannot beat that weather there. And Sacred Heart Prep, they just shined in that game. Teddy Purcell, you watch him. Offers have to be coming in for this for this kid soon. I mean, I know he's getting some college interest, but he completed 23 of 30 passes, 253 yards, and a touchdown. He got hit multiple times in the backfield, got rocked, and he still found ways to complete 20-yard passes on these plays. He was extending plays. He's tough as nails. Through two games this year now, he's got 450 yards passing, the 454 yards passing, I should say, and four touchdowns. Great leader, great kid. He'll be playing somewhere at the next level. Interesting to see where it goes, but I know he's sending out his film everywhere, and he's excited to see how much the senior film now can lend itself to some offers. Unfortunately, he's just one of those seniors that has to deal with season being delayed. Players in college, right? They get an extra year of eligibility, so it's going to be tougher, but he'll end up somewhere. And you have Paul Barton, their senior wide receiver, about six foot five. I'm watching him. I'm thinking, okay, Paul Barton, he he's got to be going somewhere for college for football, right? This is his second ever football game. Crazy, 96 yards on seven catches and a touchdown. His two ever football games, he's got 90 plus receiving yards. I I want to know what this kid would have done if he played football his whole life because he was he looked like a natural natural player on that football field at 6'5". He looked like a kid that could play at the next level. Teddy Purcell said just the last few years he's really been recruiting Paul to play football. Well, worked out. Sacred Heart Prep's now 2-0. That senior class got its first win 
ever over Burlingame, but Paul Barton, a great lacrosse player. He's going to the University of North Carolina to continue his athletic career in lacrosse. Another impressive athlete. Yeah, definitely. He's 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 going places. He's he's a star. But then the biggest game of the weekend, our actually won our game of the week voting at the time. Amador Valley was ranked number eighteen in the Bay Area. Livermore number twenty four. Well, Livermore just had one of its biggest wins in school history. You could see the or around that team after the game when head coach John Way talked to his kids. He's like, I hope you guys understand. I've coached for 28 years. This is one of the, just the best teams I've ever coached, best group of kids. Livermore's tight-knit. They're close. Beat Amador Valley 21-7, to a huge, huge win. Livermore's 2-0, right? They, right now they're the front runners now to win the East Bay Athletic League Valley Division. If they keep this thing going, right? This would be their first league title in decades, and it was the first time in decades too they beat both Pleasanton schools in the same season. They opened the season with that 14-13 win over Foothill. This game beat Amador Valley 21-7. And Amador Valley is really talented. Great coaching staff, but they just made Amador Valley look flustered. They got pressure a lot of times in the backfield. Livermore just methodical on offense. Sean Smith made a lot of smart plays. 10-14 of 14 passing the 80 yards, but he also had 109 rushing yards and two scores. And he had an 80-yard Rushing touchdown either made a twenty-one nothing. I, the play was supposed to go left. He took it right. I mean, fast as heck. If if they measured a forty time on that play, it was in the four fives. That's how fast he took that thing. He played great. Matthew Pulaski, the tight end with fifteen offers. I know the tight end before him, Bradley Archer. Right now at Stanford, he's continuing that legacy. He had a big game. Dylan Prusso had a big game receiving in that Livermore defense as well. Forced three turnovers, had a fumble recovery in the end zone that made it the 14 to nothing ball game late in the first half. Livermore just came to play in every area. They looked good. The best Livermore team I've seen in my life. They've got a heck of a coaching staff. I was on their sideline. That coaching staff has it nailed down. Those kids are into this game. They are as close as I've ever seen Livermore football. I'd love to have seen what they could have done with the 10-game season, but you just got to be glad that they got some games in because the senior class and these kids they got coming up, they were waiting for this moment for a long time. Yeah, and they were big in the Let Us Play movement. Um, you know, we heard how vocal some of those kids on that team were and some of the parents on that team were, and now you can see why they were so vocal. They knew they had something special going on this season. And now you look at the rest of their schedule. Like you said, probably front runners in e-ball in that division to, to win e-ball this year, regular season. They play Doherty Valley next week, Dublin the week after, then a big game against Foothill, which this one counts for the league. The first one was technically considered a non-league game, and then Granada at the end of the season. So all very winnable games. They already beat Foothill once, so you would think that they'd be favored in that game. I would say it's a very likely chance that they could finish the rest of the season by winning out these last four games. So Livermore has something special. Like you said, this is the best team that we've probably ever seen since we've been born. Um for Livermore football and like you said in the story is probably one of the biggest wins that they've ever had in football program um, they've had a lot of different programs that have been very successful in terms of wrestling baseball obviously Randy Johnson went to Livermore High School um, so we have had a lot of history at Livermore High but this is probably the biggest football win in their program history yeah it was just a massive thing that they did there so now growing up like reruns to Granada and a lot of times it was where was Livermore kind of the doormat of East Bay Athletic League, right? For years and years and years, Livermore was struggling to get one league win. A lot of times they would hope to go 3-0 in non-league and then have to unfortunately go 0-7 in league play. As I'm watching this game, watching Livermore, I'm, the whole time I'm thinking, this is incredible. Like, what is what is literally happening right now? What is going on at Livermore High School? They've got a great coaching staff. That program 
They've got a great culture, everything. I know they're lower levels too. They've got this great senior class, Eli Nuttleman, Matthew Pulaski, Sean Smith, you name it. That senior class is talented. But their younger classes last year too. Freshman and JV both lost only one game. And who was that lost to? De La Salle. Which, yeah. I think every team that loses De La Salle, they have for the last 29 years yeah. now. So uh, no shame in losing to De La Salle. But Livermore, we talked about it earlier in the season. Last year, the first time they were above 500 in the Max Preps era. So this has been slowly brewing um, ever since Partridge was there for, for his year uh, a few years back. So... Livermore football finally back on the map, finally looking to do great things, and all led by Sean Smith, Eli Nelliman, and that great senior class. Yeah, and that was only parents at the game, but they were loud too. The loudest game I've been at this year. It's been Usually. nice. Parents have actually, you know, they've kept the atmosphere away from making it feel like a scrimmage, and, you know, they've kept the atmosphere going. We've had some cheerleaders at some games, some cheerleaders at not at games. Um, so it's been nice. The atmosphere has not necessarily changed. It's not the same. You don't have the student section there, but it's still nice to see um, parents in some sort of cheering. Yeah, it was, and Livermore did have its cheerleaders there Saturday. The thing I liked, too, was they had a boombox, and they had the sounds of the band, too, with some of their songs. So it kind of felt like that in some ways a little bit with that atmosphere. It was cool to see, regardless, sports are back. That's all that matters now yeah. at this point. In terms of fans, though, I do see that Granada Livermore trying to allow some sort of student section at that final game um, to end the season. So we'll see. There might be a possibility of that social distance student section. Yeah, that'd be good if a lot of schools can maybe try that for their rivalry games too. But now let's go into some other big performances this weekend. Anthony Homa, his first game with Angelo Rodriguez High School, right under the former NFL player Stevie Johnson. The alum there is now the head coach. Anthony Homa, first game in California, 17 catches for 186 yards and two touchdowns. Rodriguez destroyed Armijo 56-12. Helmer, we saw him in the offseason, a great receiver. Last year when he played in New York, he used to live in New York, Lake Erie County, Grand Island High School last year, 66 most receiving yards in the state with the 35 catches for 479 yards in nine games. And Anthony Homa this weekend, well, he, he talked the talk and he walked the walk. He did. He has messaged us a few times. Um, on social media saying I'm going for 20 catches in my first week like you know I better be ready history is going to be made he didn't quite get to 20 but 17 is quite impressive 186 yards two touchdowns it's a great debut for him um, and I imagine he's going to get to that 20 pass 20 catch mark I should say at some point this season throughout his five games because 17 in game one you got to think it's only going to go up from there so Anthony Homa big time talent We've seen him a few times at different showcases this year, moving from New York to the Bay Area with Stevie Johnson. It's kind of impressive, and it's a great story. It really is. It's going to be interesting to see what he does. I know next week he said he wants 18 or more catches, and you know what? I what believe he's done, him now. I, I can't say I, he's not wrong. Like he, He'll probably be right with that. And then some other top performers. You got George Davison, the Berean Christian senior athlete. Mayville State commit as well. 304 passing yards, 93 rushing yards as Brian Christian beat Concord 19 to nothing. He had two touchdowns in that game. Foothill junior Kenny Olson, 159 total yards and a 38-7 win over Doherty Valley. He also had three receiving touchdowns offensively and had six tackles and one tackle for loss defensively. Then you had Jerry on Dickey, like I mentioned earlier, the 101 receiving yards, two scores. It's Valley Christian lost 33-26 to to Sarah. Can we throw the ball more to Jerry on? And I don't care where you're at. Just throw the ball to him. Just 
throw it up in the air. He's gonna go catch it. He's the best. He's. I'm gonna say he's the best athlete in high school right now. Just throwing the ball. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say about it. Just throwing the ball. He's a beast. He's a beast. It, it's gonna be fun to see what he does the rest of this year. And it's such a run-heavy offense to have 101 receiving yards in one game. Put that in perspective. That's huge. Is he going to finish with more receiving yards in his five-game season this year than he did last year, you think? It wouldn't shock me. What, he had 546 last year? Something like that? Yeah. Somewhere in there? It's possible. I think it's very possible. Yeah. He just did that against Sarah, too. You think about that <clears> one. <throat> the number two team in the Bay Area. What's he going to do the rest of this season? But now it's time for Athlete of the Week. Christopher wow. Senior, Logan Stelling. I mean, he literally couldn't be stopped. 55-6 to win over Branham. He needed just 12 carries to reach 282 rushing yards. Hold on. I'm not a math major. Can you help me out with the average yards? Yes. Let me pull out the calculator. I'm going to calculate this right now for you. Because I don't even know. Is that even possible? 23 and a half yards per carry. Wow. That's insane. 282 yards. I'm going to finish what you were going for. Four touchdowns. And he also had 22 receiving yards. So he totaled over 300 yards. 304 yard day. With the four touchdowns, and he did most of that in the first half, I believe, as well. Um, insane game for Logan Stelling, the Christopher senior, also a baseball player for Christopher. What a performance! Yeah, really, one of the best games you will see out there. He, he just—I don't even know if there's any words to actually describe that. I know Matthew Pulaski said after Livermore's game he was speechless about that one. Well, you know, I'm speechless about this performance. I. There's not much to say. Throw the numbers out there. Throw up the graphic, the athlete of the week graphic, because he's our athlete of the week without a doubt. And just that's it. That's yeah. all you need. Yeah, just look at the numbers. Three hundred and four yards. Yeah, there's nothing else that you can really say about that. But you know what? He had a great game, and he's going to have a lot more of him this year too. He's going to finish as one of the top athletes in the Bay Area this yeah. season. Well deserving of athlete of the week this week. Yes, he is. And now our latest football rankings came out for our top 25 at westcoastpreps.com on Monday. A lot of changes in this, yeah. especially from number 15 through 25. You're going to see a lot of shifting. One of the teams that moved up, Livermore, Akalani's moved up big. There's someone new in the top five as well. And a couple of teams jumped in to the top 25 as well. Indeed. So we'll just we'll start the top four. It stays the same. De La Salle, Sarah, Pittsburgh, Valley Christian. Pittsburgh did have a big loss with Sheed Williams breaking his collarbone this week, but he said he will be back in six weeks. So hopefully we all wish him a speedy recovery as we never want to see that. Um, Valley Christian stays at number four after losing a tough game to Sarah. But like I said, a new number five team this week as Cardinal Newman jumps up to number five. After a 28-7 win over Windsor, and they came off a year when they outscored opponents 534-150, to as they will go to the road to Vanden for their next game. And then another number new team at number six. Menlo Atherton just had a big game, a lot of talent. They jump up. Then at number seven, defending state champions Clayton Valley Charter at 2-0. and Right behind them is another EBAL team in San Ramon Valley at 2-0. and They just beat Bishop Odell 21-13. to to Darian Hardy, another big game at 100-plus rushing yards last week. This week he had an 80-yard touchdown run. And then number nine, Los Gatos started off its year big with a 45-0 route of Milpitas. Number 10, Michael Ingrafia had a big day, 400-plus yards offensively to get Marin Catholic a 35-0 win over San Marin. 
and Marin Catholic's defense only gave up 74 yards. Marin Catholic is number 10, and some other rankings in there. Number 11 is St. Francis. Number 12, Rancho Cotati. 13, Campo Lindo. Now the number 13 team at 2-0. They've got a couple wins over Freedom and Benicia. Dylan Toms, the Raider legacy there. Another big game on the ground. He had 129 rushing yards on 24 carries. He had 137 yards last week in that game over Freedom for that close win. The number 14 is Vintage at 2-0. They just had a big jump in the rankings. The number 15 is McClymouth. Yeah, a lot of changes in this next group of 10 from 16 to 25, but Camp Lindo will just go into them just a little bit. They have a huge game against Akalani's, who we're going to mention here in just a minute. So that's going to be a lot of fun as Akalani's is the number 16 team right now at 2-0. and They recorded their second consecutive top 25 win when they beat Los Lomas. And then you go to Monta Vista, who has had two tough games without any DBs, without any wide receivers, but they stay in the rankings at 0-2, probably the best 0-2 team in the Bay Area right now. So they sit at number 17. Number 18 is now Oak Grove, sitting at 1-0, coming off a 10-win season. We've talked about Livermore a lot in this podcast already. They have moved up to number 19. Um, they are now sitting at 2-0. Wilcox jumps into the top 25 at 1-0, sitting at number 20. Say Ignatius, 21. Keynes Academy, 22, as both those teams have not played yet but are well-deserving of top 25. James Logan is at 23, being sitting at 1-0 in their first game after Ricky Rodriguez left for a job in Tennessee. California, 1-1 after two impressive showings in their first two games. And then Bishop O'Dowd lost this week to a great San Ramon Valley team, but they are in at 25. Yeah, Santa Monica Valley, or Bishop O'Dowd, I mean, but Santa Monica Valley, too, obviously really talented. Bishop O'Dowd is as well. Their quarterback, Jesse Madden, has the preferred walk-on offer from Michigan. They've got a couple of Division One commits, Harrison Jenkins to Lehigh, the lineman Matthew Shaddle to Oregon. And just some other teams considered Amador Valley at 0-1, Bellarmine at 0-1, El Cerrito at 1-0, Foothill at 1-1, Halfman Bay at 1-1, a couple of BVAL schools in Heritage at 2-0, and Liberty at 1-0, and then Sacred Heart Prep at 2-0. There's a lot of good teams that from 15 or from 16 down, it gets a little tough to make those decisions. Um, and you've seen a lot of movement here in the first couple weeks between those two or between that group right there. And I think it's going to be like that all season as these teams battle for those you know last 10 spots in the top 25. Yep. So it's going to be fun to see this next slate of games. Our game of the week voting is also up. So be sure to vote for that at westcoastpreps.com to decide. As we record this, we have no clue what's in the game of the week voting. So. Yeah, but so it will be up there. It, so. it will be up there, so vote there as well. But until then, everybody stay safe. Enjoy that sports are back. Follow all of our content. Subscribe to our YouTube page at West Coast Preps. There's tons of interviews from the weekend. A lot of stuff up there. You got Can something talk about on? March Madness real quick? March Madness, yeah. You want to talk about it? Yeah. How's your bracket doing? I know I'm beating you in our group. I right don't now. know how you're beating me in that right now. Most of my picks have been right. <laughs> I have half of my lead eight is gone. This is the craziest March Madness I think I've ever watched. But let's be real here. Is March Madness more of upsets or is it more of the committee just doesn't know how to seed these teams? Let's be real here. I think it's There's always an upset. I think it's year. I think it's just it's the way it's a lot of upsets because you have a lot of these teams coming from smaller conferences, right? Leicester conferences, they're just, they've got a couple of stars that can score, 
as a 12 or 13 seed, and look what happens. Yeah. I think this is what, there's three 13 seeds in the top 32 right now as, you, you as it gets you played. Have a 15 seed just made it to the Sweet 16 in yeah. Oral Roberts. Can, the first can time we also played? just say that the Big Ten is grossly overrated? Pac-12 hasn't lost a game yet. No, this is remarkable. I don't know if Oregon ended up winning. Oregon, Oregon killed. They destroyed Iowa. That's right, they did. So Pac-12 has not lost a game yet. I know USC, as we're recording this, plays later on today as well. My dream school from you know, a long, long time ago when I thought about going to USC. But they haven't lost a game. So Pac-12, everyone says, oh, Pac-12 is not good. No, no more you know, good teams on the West Coast. But here they are, not losing any games. And they also have how many tournament teams, though, like three? UCLA, USC, oh, and four. Oregon. And then, Oregon State. And Oregon State. The two Oregon schools made the Sweet 16. Yeah. And UCLA and USC plays today. So, just saying. Pac-12 may be underrated now. Okay, I don't know about that one. What do you mean you don't know about the that one? They haven't lost yet. So, what's who's better right now, Big Ten or Pac-12? I mean, from top to bottom, the Big Ten's better, but the Pac-12's top-heavy teams are doing something right right now. It's just... Mm. It's an interesting comment there because... Pac-12 hasn't lost. But, you know, the Big Ten has lost every. Doesn't mean game. the Pac-12 is better than the Big Ten yet as a conference, though. Has the Big Ten won? When was the last time they won a game? Honestly. Um, how old was I in 2019? Last time there was a tournament. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think I was 22 then. Okay. And yeah, we'll go old. with them. You're, are I you 24 old. now? I'm an old man. I turned wow, 25 old. in a few months. Wow. I'm only 22. I didn't realize how old you were. You want a cane? No, I, I I have a cane. Okay, good. And you you told me the other day that you woke up, your back was hurting. So, you know, I just I got to make sure that you can make it to yeah, the. I don't cane, know what so. happened when I slept that one night. It was just bizarre. I wake <laughs> up and my back was just destroying me. I don't know what happened, what I did. I I must have slept the wrong way. But you know, whatever. Maybe I woke up on the wrong side of the bed that day. I don't know. It happens to the best of us. I just I want everyone else's feedback on how everyone else's bracket is doing because. Mine's trash, but somehow I'm winning our group. So, I I just want you know comment down below. How's your bracket doing? Because apparently I need some advice for next year's tournament. Because there's no way I'm winning. I, I honestly the bracket's a crapshoot. There's no way to actually do a bracket correctly. Anyone that has solved that riddle, tell us now. Because there's really no way to do a bracket right. You may as well just pick names out of a hat. And I'm you know, I'm gonna start doing coin flip brackets at this point. Not even though. Is this going to coin flip? Yeah. I almost hit autofill on the ESPN uh, bracket challenge. They had like an autofill where they would just do it for you. At this point, I should have just did that. Should have. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyways, that's all. I just want to talk about that. Yeah, that's all. That's all Greg had to say. But you know what? Subscribe to our YouTube page. Check out all of our interviews from the weekend up there. Follow all of our work at West Coast Preps underscore on social media. And when all they of our come around, uh, I do my best to fall back and not, not make a sound. sound. I'm gone. So long, so long.